0: All right, good morning. I know y'all aren't used to seeing me up here. Um, there's so many new faces here. If you don't know me, I'm Andrea Stovall. I'm the children's director here at Grace. And um, I just wanted to... Uh, last week, we went to kids camp. Every summer, I take a group with North Clay Baptist Church, and we go to Camp Hargis down in Chelsea, Alabama. Our first year, I think, we took... 21 kids for the week. This year we took around 70 for the week. It was our biggest camp ever. And uh, one of the guys put together a video from our first half, which is our first through third graders. And I just wanted to share it with you just so you could get an idea of what we do every summer with these kids. And they're taught from the word of God and they're presented the plan of salvation. And we had some ask for prayer and we just planted seeds and that's what we're called to do is plant seeds in the hearts of these kids and so y'all enjoy this video
1: we can't get old school we can't On to the next phase. Easy come, easy go. The marketers will hawk it. The only change that comes winds up in a pocket. I fall away and try the hip thing. All the while we're missing all the joy that God can bring. You can take the new stuff, you can keep the fluff The Bible is our tool, and we're here to kick it old school. Here we go. Piece of bread, we act as if the holy word of God is all but dead. All we need to know is right there on the pages. Why are we obsessed with who the guy on stage is? Dance the hottest dance, get the ladies buzzy. You're gonna find out Jesus wasn't very fuzzy, was he? You can take the new stuff, you can keep the flow. The Bible is our tool, and we're here to kick it old school.
2: Um, I just wanted to give an update on the yard sale that we had this past week. Um, It was hugely successful and I wanted to thank each and every one of you that were a part of it, whether you donated or bought or volunteered your time or volunteered your baked goods. Uh, We had a great time. Y'all would not believe the stuff that was in this building and that miraculously um, left the building. (laughs) Um, It raised over $8,200. Yeah. So we just really thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, it was so successful that. There are rumors going around that we're going to do it again next year. (laughs) We don't know yet because we're still in shock of over (laughs) 10 hours a day working up here. But um, I just really wanted to say thank you so much. And for those of you that worked every single day, you know who you are. And we truly, truly appreciate it. So thank you.
3: Appreciate appreciate um, all that these guys do. I mean, thinking about the children's program, if you've just been with us for just a few weeks or recently visiting Grace, uh, we have tremendous uh, children's and uh, youth ministry. Uh, we have a lot of great volunteers. The Lord has blessed us greatly with uh, people who, who love the Lord, who love the Word, and who want to um, invest in the lives of children and youth, as you can see. And so we just want to thank... Uh, Thank the youth leaders and thank the children's director Andrea and all the people that work uh, to to have uh, your kids be involved in something that really is eternal in scope. And so we just want to really thank you guys for everything that you do. All right. This morning I thought we would start out with the word. Isn't that a good place to start? Um, I want you to take your Bibles and go to Ephesians chapter three and verse twenty and twenty one. Two short uh, verses, but very powerful verses, important for us to really consider. Um, You know, every fifth Sunday um, throughout the year, we have a different emphasis. And um, this particular Sunday, our emphasis is missions. And um, ultimately, whether the emphasis is missions, or discipleship, or fellowship, um, children's ministry, youth ministry, college ministry, It doesn't matter what ministry. Ultimately, everything that we do, we want it to glorify the Lord. That's ultimately everything. Everything that we do, we want the Lord to get the glory. It's about him. It's not about man. And Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 tell us that. So if you'd stand as I read these verses Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, now to him who is able to to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Notice it says 21 at the very first, to him be the glory in the church. Um, And you say, well, who's the church? It's those who are in Christ. It's those who are born again. It's those who are redeemed. And it's only those who are born again that are a part of the church. You know, a lot of people feel churches, church buildings, but just because a person's in a church building does not mean they're a part of the true church. The true church is made up of people who are saved, who are born again, who are in Christ, who have trusted Jesus Christ as their savior. And that's, very, that's a very important distinction, especially in our culture today. You think about the number of people that still go to church. And while the numbers are far less, um, not everyone who walks in a building is a part of the church. And so there may be even some here today who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, my prayer would be that today you would come to know him as your Savior and that you would live for him as Lord. All right, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and sit down and then... I've got a couple of things I wanted to mention before we continue. Um, We're blessed here at Grace to have frequent opportunities uh, to meet our missionaries, those that we support, whether local or foreign. And you never know how many are gonna drop by (laughs) on a a given Sunday. This is one of those Sundays where we have quite a few uh, here. We're gonna be hearing uh, later on from Fran and Janice. Um, But I'd like to just uh, highlight the ones that are with us this morning Um, Patrick and Tracy Cross, um, they're with Biblical Ministries Worldwide. Where are Patrick and and Tracy? Are they here? All right, remain standing. Will you do that? Thank you. And your son is with you as well. All right. And then um, we have uh, Jordan and Hannah Self, and they're with Kamina Global and their family. Look at that. Good looking family. And then we have Fran and Janice uh, Burgess and their children. If they'd stand. You know, when I was. when I was just thinking about, and, and some of this was pretty recent because I didn't know some of them were here this morning. But um, I wrote down three requests. you know, three, three different things that we could pray for these guys about. And um, I just uh, throw them out to you. I think, first of all, we could pray for their walk with the Lord. You know, I, I would say in, in meeting with them and talking with them, you know, they're no different from you and from me. I mean, right? That's something we need prayer about every day. We need prayer in our walk with the Lord. And these guys do as well on the mission field. Because, you know, you can get so caught up in doing ministry and um, suffering that day-to-day relationship with Christ. And so, I think it's important we pray for their walk. I think it's important we pray for their families. Um, you know, they're separated from their families a lot. And um, we just need to pray for them. Not only for their families as, as they're in that family unit and and functioning in ministry and doing all the time. And you know, when you're in ministry, a lot's expected of you. And unfortunately, the ones that tend to suffer sometimes are family, right? And so your kids and and grandkids and such. And so um, I wanna pray for their families. And then we wanna pray for the ministry, and I wrote it this way, with which they've been entrusted. God's entrusted them to a ministry. And we wanna pray for that. But you know what's awesome? If you're in Christ today, God's entrusted you with ministry. Do you know that, right? You may not be aware of that, but he has. He's entrusted you with sharing the gospel with others, right? With encouraging one another, with being involved in the body here at Grace. And so we want to pray for these guys in those three specific areas this morning. And so I'm going to ask that you bow as I pray for these families this morning. Father, we just want to thank you for Patrick and Tracy and for Jordan and Hannah and for Fran and Janice and their families. Lord, we thank you for their obedience to you. You have them in different parts of the world and um, involved in different ministries. And and Lord, it's awesome that we get to be a part of that and praying for them and supporting them, um, being able to, um, even like today, being able to hear from our missionaries and what's going on in the field and sometimes I think we're kind of limited in our, our, um, our understanding at times. And we think about what's going on here. And we forget that around the world, Lord, you have your church. There are people all around the world that know you. And there are people around the world that haven't heard about you. And so for these guys, I know that their, their mind is that people would come to know you. And that they would live for you. But Lord, I wanted to begin by praying for their walk with you. Lord, I pray you'd keep them fresh in that every day, that they would be in your word, uh, not only individually, but together. And uh, with their kids, what a privilege it is, Lord, as we have children, to be able to invest in them spiritually. And uh, so I pray for them in that area. I pray for time together uh, with one another. Uh, So much is demanded of them uh, in ministry. I pray that they would balance their time well and that, Lord, you'd give them opportunities to be able to spend time together together. Uh, with family. And then Lord, I want to pray for the ministry you've entrusted them with. And it is, uh, you've entrusted them with it. And um, Lord, so I just pray that you would just strengthen them, uh, keep them um, full of energy, Lord. It takes a lot of energy to do ministry. You're always dealing with people and different things that come up. And so I just commit them to you in their ministries. And I pray they would support each other and Lord, that they would know that we at Grace Community Church at Deerfoot love them, we pray for them, we support them. And Lord, that's what we do all that because that's what you want us to do. And so ultimately in the end, we want you to get all the glory and all the praise. And so as we continue on in our service, I pray that we've come with prepared hearts that um, we just didn't show up today to church, but that we've come to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. For there is no one like him. And so we uh, just commit our time to you. We give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good
4: morning.
5: Uh, That song in the uh, kids camp video said, uh, Jesus is alive and he loves me. And that's what we want to sing about this morning. The fact that he loves us, his power and salvation. So let's all stand. Let's worship the Lord together as we come together. ¡Gracias! Could be seated.
3: wow, that was great, as uh, i don 't know about you guys, you know when i 'm singing or when we 're singing, sometimes I sing, sometimes i don 't um, it's not that I don 't want to sing, but I 'm just reflecting on the words. you ever done that and um, I was thinking this morning that you know, it's a privilege to be able to sing together, right, and to worship the Lord together, and, um, but there's still distractions. One day there won't be. One day we'll be in the presence of the Lord singing songs like this morning and lifting up praise to the one that saved us. Um, we can't imagine what that's going to be like. We don't know. We can read what Scripture tells us, but to think that this is not just something—you know—it's not—it's not an exercise in futility. You know, the church comes together, and we sing to our Lord and to our Savior. And um, one of the one of the big challenges I think that we face in this culture, American cultures, we're so busy all throughout the week, and then. All of a sudden, we end up in these chairs. <laughs> we're like, wow, okay, how did that happen? I mean, but being prepared, right? Being prepared to worship. I know this morning, um, that was um, another thought I had as we were singing, that the preparation phase for worship, it's not just that we show up on Sundays, but, you know, so I always felt like Saturday night was really important. Um, getting our hearts and our minds right to come and meet corporately. And um. If you're visiting with us at Grace, um, you know, we, um, we stand on the Word of God. <laughs> I guess that's the first thing I'd want to tell you. And uh, we believe God's Word. and We believe the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We stand on the authority of Scripture. Man's not the authority. The Word's the authority. Jesus Christ is the authority. He should be the authority in our lives each day if we, if we know Him. I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm, as I'm traveling my, my journey, sometimes I need a reminder of that. And um, before I have Fran and Janice come up, I thought it would be good to just remind you just for about five minutes. Um, those of you who've been here at Grace for some period of time know these things, but there's nothing wrong with being reminded. Um, the older we get, right, with more reminders that we need. But I wanted to share with you just briefly the vision statement. In um, the mission statement and the pillars of grace. You know, that when we come here on Sundays, we worship the Lord um, through song and through the word. Um, but that's not the totality of what we do here at Grace. I mean, it, it, just this week, last week is a great example. I mean, there's always ministry going on. There's always ways to be involved. And if you're new to Grace... You know, one of the, the most difficult things about being a visitor is kind of plugging in, you know, assimilating into the membership. And I, I trust that our people who are here on a regular basis have, have been friendly to you and reached out to you. Um, we want you to be where the Lord wants you. If that's here with us, that's great. Um, but we we just want to encourage you. And so as visitors, you may be seeing this for the first time, but I just want you to... to um, to kind of take this in just for a minute or two before I have Fran come up. So our vision statement here at Grace is knowing Christ and making Christ known. That's pretty simple. It's that knowing Christ, that daily relationship, and we really try to emphasize that here in our teachings. And that's so important in our lives, as you know as believers, every day getting into the word, knowing Christ. And guys, um, there's no other way you're gonna get to know Christ better but through this book. I mean, there's just no other way. and then making Christ known. And we all have that responsibility. You know, it's like our emphasis this morning is missions. It's not just the missionaries' responsibility. All of us have the responsibility. Can you imagine what it must have been like for those disciples when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? Imagine what was going through their mind. They had no clue, right? And Jesus took them and he invested in their lives. And I believe in totality, they got it after the resurrection. They got it. And, um, you know... I think for us, we need to remember that God has given us as a mission to to be fishers of men and to go out and plant those seeds and water those seeds. Um, So it's knowing Christ and making Christ known. That's our our vision statement. Our mission statement is being the hands and feet of Christ. And um, that involves these three things and more, but we kind of focus on these three, uh, reaching the lost with the gospel. And that's done through various ministries that we have uh, here at Grace. But you know, I think the greatest way to reach the lost is you, like where God puts you. <laughs> I don't know where you are during the week. You show up here for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, but but in your week, you're in different places. And God doesn't, God has you in those different places for a reason, and that's to share the love of Jesus Christ in the gospel. That's why you're there, ultimately. Um, so reaching the lost with the gospel is is obviously high on the Lord's priority for us as scriptures indicate um, and so we stand on that. Um, then the second thing um, it involves building up believers in the knowledge of the word of God and prayer and that's done through um, not only Sunday mornings but it's done in different ministries that we have here at Grace and as I said a minute ago you're not going to grow in your relationship to the Lord without the word it's not going to happen and prayer is an integral part as well and I'm going to show you kind of the pillars of that, our church, just in just a minute. And so the third, the third way that we're involved in that is equipping believers to do the work of the ministry. And that's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Um, 11 and 12. Yeah. I think that the mindset in the past, like in church culture, has been that there's one man or two men or three men, and may, whoever's a part of the staff, uh, they have... Uh, the responsibility for everything, <laughs> right? They, they do it all. But that wasn't the philosophy of the Lord, and it wasn't the philosophy of the Apostle Paul. Paul's just writing out what God's will is here, that we would equip believers to do the work of the ministry. So you're to be doing the work of the ministry. And that means that you have to be equipped to do that. And I know over the years, over th- almost 30 years of full-time ministry, I've run into so many people who feel ill-equipped that's good. That's a good start. Because if you think that you have everything to offer, there's, listen, it's always a training ground. I, I'm constantly learning in the ministry. You, you don't ever just get to the point where you go, oh, well, I've, I've made it. I've arrived. Everybody look at me. That, that does not happen. We're always learning. And so the importance of being teachable, right? Uh, being teachable and uh, saying, hey, Lord, wherever it is you want me, that's where I want to be. And you'll find yourself, listen, if you say, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to do whatever you want, right? I want to be used by you. Don't be surprised when he puts you someplace you're uncomfortable. And I'll say this, that's a good thing. I remember the first time that I was put in children's ministry. Oh, my goodness. I was like, Lord, these kids, I love them. But what in the world? I can't do this. But you know what? The Lord can do it through you, and he can do it through me. Remember, he's the one that equips us. So that's our vision statement and our mission statement here at Grace. And if we'll move on to the next slide, these are the pillars. I put these. Uh, we've been working on these as elders for several, actually several years. Um, but the foundation of everything is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. You know, in, in in all churches, you wouldn't be able to say that. That's not true in all churches. Um, that's sad to say that. But that's not true in all churches. Um, The foundation in some churches is man, right? The foundation in some churches has to do with a ministry. Um, But the foundation, according to the word, is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation, and we build on that foundation. And there's different pillars of emphasis here at grace. We emphasize teaching and body life, prayer, discipleship, and this morning, our emphasis is missions. And we have missionaries around the world that we support, uh, local, foreign missions. And we love being involved in their lives. And so we'll talk more about these pillars as we go along, because I could spend the next 30 or 40 minutes talking about them. But I want to give Fran and Janice uh, maximum time this morning to share um, with you guys and with myself what the Lord is doing with them in Papua New Guinea. And so I'm going to ask Fran and Janice uh, to come up this morning. And share with us.
6: Thanks, Thad. thanks everybody for having us here. Um, I just—it's uh, wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to see you guys in this beautiful new building and that uh, God has provi- Oh, sorry. I'm just used to shaking hands in PNG where they just hold on forever and literally they'll be talking to you for like maybe 10 minutes, rubbing your hand. This is usually another guy and (laughs) yes, just as as uncomfortable Thad was, that's how I am uncomfortable when (laughs) same thing happens to me. But we really appreciate being able to be here and share with you. it's awesome to see you guys here and see—we haven't been to this building yet, so this is really cool to see everybody and see the, all the new faces. Um, like uh, Thad said, we're Fran and Janice. Let's see. There he is. Um, we've been in uh, PNG for four years, and so that was our kids before we left, and now— and they've grown quite a bit. And here's our departure when we left, so you can see all the little kids have grown up. But uh, yeah, we've been in PNG for four years, and we serve with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Now, PNG is uh, an island. It's an island nation just north of Australia. So it's about the size of California, but it has over 800 languages in it, which is pretty amazing. Um, at Wycliffe, we believe that no one ha- should have to learn another language to know God's Word. And so. It's like uh, Thad said, we want to present the gospel, give the gospel to people so that he may be known. And part of that is giving them the Word of God. And so we believe at Wycliffe, no one should learn that. And at Wycliffe, we're involved in not only Bible translation, but literacy and educational programs as well. And so we provide, uh, our translators will sometimes come in and actually create an alphabet because they don't have a written language, and then write it down, and then work on translating the Bible and other helpful information to help people there. And now, Janice is going to talk a little bit about what we do there in PNG.
7: Good morning. So, it's really an honor to be here. This is the church that I grew up in, and so it's just really fun to be here and have our family here. Um, so, as Fran said, our main ministry is supporting Bible translation through aviation, where Fran serves as a pilot and mechanic in Papua New Guinea. Um, Papua New Guinea has some of the most rugged terrain and treacherous terrain in the whole world, making travel by land or water dangerous. Areas like this create challenges to get God's word into these very remote places, into the heart language of these very remote places. and a heart language, it could, be, it could be described as the language that you dream in, the language that you think in. Um, that's, that's what these people need. They need it in their own language. Um, so many people depend on our airplanes and helicopters to get them to and from their villages and to be available to help in case of emergencies. We don't only fly missionaries in their supplies, but also Papua New Guineans who need to get from one place to the next or who may be having a med- medical emergency. This past term, some of Fran's passengers have included patients with severe injuries, burns, pregnant women with complications, AIDS patients, all sorts of medical flights, disaster relief flights. There was a huge um, earthquake this past year, and uh, he did a lot of disaster relief flights, bringing water and food. Um, And yes, even caskets. um, They fly caskets uh, to and from the village. There have also been puppies. I know it's uh, Chickens, pigs, and a tree kangaroo, and yes, even some unwanted guests. That's a leech. That really happened. Nasty leeches. Um, and they fly lots and lots of coffee. So you may have seen on our table out there, this particular coffee is actually from the highlands, right where we're from. Um, and Fran maybe flew this in, who knows?
8: You're welcome.
6: Uh, Yeah, you're
7: welcome. (laughs) But the most rewarding and exciting thing that Fran gets to fly are freshly printed Bibles to groups that have never before had the scriptures in their language. Um, And this past year, we got to attend um, our very first New Testament dedication. You may have seen some pictures on Facebook, and it was just incredible. It reminded us why we're there, what we're doing, what we're doing, and um, it was beautiful. So we, our family lives in Ukurumpa, Papua New Guinea. It's hard to say, Ukurumpa. Um, It's a large missionary center, and it's just kind of tucked away in the middle of Papua New Guinea, up in the highlands. So we're not actually by the coast. Um, It's the largest missionary center in the world, and it's basically a hub for Bible translation. So it's where things are happening. Um, Fran and the pilots fly in and out of there. yeah, the missionaries will come in from the village to rest and do their studies, and there's a a, hosp- a, a clinic, um, a store, a great school for the kids. Um, there's about 800 to 1,000 expat missionaries that live on the center from all over the world, including kids. So it's huge, and that's where we live. Um, so. Uh, We also have been blessed with just a huge aviation family and friends, that's the aviation department, um, that have kind of become family away from family. So it's been really neat. Um, This last term, one of the things that I did to help was assisting with different classes at the Pacific Institute of Languages, Arts, and Translation on our center. Pilat is dedicated to training Papua New Guineans and Pacific Islanders for Bible translation. They also help with literacy and other language development work. Um, So I was able to help out as a mentor, course coordinator, teacher. Um, And the neat thing about that is the Papua New Guineans come from all over Papua New Guinea to us. And so we just get to see all these different cultures, meet all these different people. The people from the coast literally are wearing ski coats because they're so cold. There's like shivering up in the mountains. And um, it's just neat to see and meet these, all these different people. Um, I also helped with English tutoring, coordinating women's Bible studies, um, and also was a teacher's aide in my son Shay's class, which was third grade. Um, The kids have loved living in Papua New Guinea and have made really special friends and tons of memories, Um, and they're missing their buddies, so you could pray for them. Um, And so it's just an awesome place for kids to grow up, it really is. So as you can see, God has provided tons of things for our family to do, and to serve, and to be involved in Bible translation there.
6: All right, so you guys may be asking, uh, why Papua New Guinea, and why Bible translation? But I'll ask you a question. Have you ever been impacted by the Bible? Has the Word of God ever encouraged you, or um, convicted you of something? Has it changed the way you actually live your life? Um, Many of you know that before, we decided to go to P&G, I I was kind of running, running from God and what I felt like He wanted me to do. So God was asking me to do something for Him, and I said, no, I want to do something for me. So the first couple years after high school, I was pursuing my own desire, jumping from college to college, because I couldn't just find peace wherever we were at. And so finally God just said, you gotta go. And he revealed that to me when uh, I was just praying, and I felt like him saying, go, go and do something. And so I said, but God, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm, I'm not a good speaker. Many of you know I'm an introvert. I actually can't stand getting up in front <laughs> and talking to people, but, but I guess this is one of those sacrifices. <laughs> um, I digress. Um, so, uh, so I got into the book, and we had been married at this time, and God said— Go and I said, but who am I? I? I don't have any good skills. I'm not like my father in law who can talk to anyone and present the gospel in a way that's creative and really cool. And I'm, I just like to keep to myself. And I don't know. And so God said, Guess what? And he, he was uh, in Exodus, he's, Moses asked that same question Who am I? But right after that, God says, I will be with you. And so that brought a lot of encouragement to me because I knew whatever I I was going to do then, God was going to go before me and prepare the way. didn't mean it was going to be easy. It would actually probably be hard, but I knew God was going to be with me. And so that encouraged me. And I encourage all you young people or other people who feel God telling you to do something or feeling God leading you somewhere, and you're just like, no, I, I can't do it. But guess what, guys? That same promise he made to Moses, he made to us. So God will be with us. Um... Let me tell you another story about some friends. Uh, this is the dedication. This is Tommy and uh, Connie and Tommy Logan. They're translators, and we got to—we had the great privilege to attend their New Testament dedication. They spent almost 30 years tes- uh, translating the Bible into the Kasua language. Um, a couple years ago, though, he had just finished translating the Book of Acts, and uh, in the Book of Acts, chapter. 19, he asked the pastor there, can I read this to the, uh, to the church on Sunday morning? And he said, sure. And in ni- ver, uh, chapter 19, verse 18, it starts off and says, many of those who believe now came and openly confessed all their evil deeds. And a number who practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. And this way, the, Lord spread, the Lord's word spread widely and grew in power. Now, you may be wondering why I'm bringing up a verse about sorcery. Well, in P&G, sorcery is is quite the problem. And after he finished reading the chapter, Tommy just sat there, just waiting for something to happen, and he just heard murmuring, and the congregation, just the murmuring got louder, and finally one of the deacons of the church stood up and said, let me read it. Um, Tommy, oh yeah, today we have heard God's word in our own language. So that's pretty neat to begin with. First time they've heard the book of Acts in their own language. So today we have heard God's Word in our own language, and what happened with the problem of sorcery in Ephesus? We should do the same thing. And so they, they uh, took the example of the Ephesians, and when they dedicated the book of Acts, they created a big bonfire, and seven sorcerers, sorcerers came and burned all their items. And uh, after the last one threw his stuff on the fire, one of the deacons got up and said in their local language, which means, it is finished. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty impactful. This is why Janice and I work with but- Wycliffe. This is why we chose PNG. This is why we've been there for four years. This is why we left family behind, and this is why we had it was, we dealt with the hard stuff of when people here being sick, and having to go to the hospital, and knowing that we can't be with our families, and yes, it's hard, but it's worth it. Kevin asked the question before they started singing, um, who can wash away the sins? People who don't have the Word of God, or who don't have people to tell them about that, don't know that it's Jesus, and so that's why Janice and I are involved with Wycliffe.
7: So it's incredible that in this day and age, there are still between 1,600 people groups in the world, which represents around 120 million people who don't have any, not one word, of Scripture in their heart language. In fact, Papua New Guinea alone has over 300 languages that still need to be reached and engaged in Bible translation. So 300 out of the 800 languages don't have a single word of God's word in a language that they can understand. Um, Remember that um, there's 800 real and special languages. Each of these languages are important to God. Um, In fact, out of those 800 languages, only 10 have a completed Bible. When we heard that, we were just taken back. Some have a New Testament, some have the book of John, but only 10 have a completed Bible in their own language. One village man said, when he heard the Bible read in his own mother tongue, he said, when we read in the trade language, it's like the words bounced off of our skin, but when we hear it in our own language, it cuts straight into our hearts and gets into our blood. Another man said, when you read the Bible in your language, you get the meat of the message. But when you read it in another language, you only get crumbs. So it'd be kind of like us reading um, just some ancient you know, uh, form of an English Bible, where we can kind of catch a little bit here and there, but it's, it's not getting into the heart. Um, so the unfolding of God's word brings light. In our language, English, we can find just the right Bible. In fact, just this last week, it was my daughter Adley's birthday, and I was trying to find her just the right Bible for her birthday. So first, I needed to decide what version I wanted to go with. Hmm, New King James, NIV, New American Standard, RSV, NCB, CEV, NLT, ESV, Amplified? Maybe I could look at translations that were word-for-word, thought-for-thought, or paraphrases. Do I want large print? Jumbo print. Thick, thin. Uh, burgundy, navy, forest green, hot pink, camo. Do I want hardback, softback, waterproof? Those are cool. Do I want genuine leather? Imitation leather, it's probably cheaper. Do I want indexing options? thumb-tab inserts, red letter, red letter versus just all black. Now, what's the paperweight? I don't want to be able to see the other words through the page. Um, study Bible versus commentary, that'll come later, but do I want the Adventure Bible, the Adventure Bible for early readers, the Adventure, Adventure Bible for girls? She's passed the Baby's First Bible, she's passed the Tales Bible, um, but there's an Action Bible, there's a the Story Bible, there's the Big Picture Bible, there's the Plush Bible, there's the Sequin Hot Pink Bible, Coloring Bible, Journaling Bible, those are fun, I like those. Inductive Bible, Parallel versus Reference only, do I want it imprinted? Do I want it engraved? Golden print or silver? Silver. Times New Roman font or Arial? Oh, these are stressful. Do I want first and last name, or just her middle initial? First, last, middle, initial. Finding just the right Bible, though, for a seven-year-old, includes finding just the right Bible cover. I finally settled on purple, because it's her favorite color, because that's what it's all about. So did you know you can even buy a slightly imperfect Bible at a discount? You can use a coupon, you can order online, You can buy one in a store. You can buy one at Walmart. They're in all the hotel rooms. But, you know, I can think of millions who can't even fathom. They have no frame of reference for any of these things that I'm saying. They can't even fathom the luxuries that we take for granted every day, day in and day out. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But what if you didn't have a Bible in your language? Those 1600 language groups that we talked about, they have a Bible that looks like this. Jesus loves me? I don't know. I don't have a Bible that tells me so. They don't know that God speaks their language too. And sometimes we forget that every one of us in this room has benefited from Bible translation. The Bible was not originally written in English. (laughs) It was written in Hebrew and Greek, and someone had to take that and translate it into English so that we could know about the love and, and forgiveness of God, so that we could have it in our heart language. John Wycliffe felt this need very strongly in the 1300s, and it motivated him to translate the Bible into English so that everyone could read it and not just the clergy or the church. So, though Fran and I aren't directly involved in actually translating the Bible ourselves—that's not our gifting— our roles as support workers are making Bible translation possible and a whole lot easier for those who are on the front lines. Bible translation is a team effort. So, we're going to ask Adley and Shay, can you guys come up? They're going to help us with something. They're very excited. <laughs> there may have been bribing in this, I don't know. Um, so probably one of the most useful items in Papua New Guinea is what? A belum. A beelum is you me turn so you can see. I'll do a little fashion show here. A beelum is a woven string bag. <laughs> they come in all sizes. They're used by men, women, kids, everyone uses a belum. So women carry all sorts of things, women and girls carry all sorts of things in their belum. Firewood. <laughs> <laughs> Vegetables from their garden.
6: Potatoes, <laughs> carrots. <laughs>
7: And even their babies. (laughs) Little girls begin carrying small velums when they're old enough to walk. By the time they're teenagers, their neck muscles have strengthened to the point that they can carry huge loads, it's shocking, Um, by putting the weight-bearing part on their foreheads and the backs hang down their back. Men and boys Men and boys carry smaller beelums with a strap across. They'll usually conter- contain personal items like a snack. <laughs> we had to get creative because they actually don't have apples in PNG, but um, yep. So a snack, their money, maybe even a weapon. There's a weapon in there somewhere. Okay, so as you can see, the belum is very useful if you live in Papua New Guinea. Thanks, guys. You can go on back. Thank you. You can take it. But how does a belum start out? A belum starts out with just a piece of string, actually a piece of fiber, just a fiber from a plant, When twisted and rolled together, they do it on their legs, like this, um, it starts to make a long string. Up close, the strand doesn't look like much, and it's not useful really at all on its own. But when many strands have been woven together, they are not easily broken, and they're actually quite beautiful and very useful. I think we can compare the Bible translation team to a Bilem. This team consists of Bible translators, literacy workers who teach people to read, people who create alphabets, a host of support workers, people like doctors, nurses, dentists, pilots, mechanics, teachers, secretaries, carpenters, electricians, computer people, and many others, any gift that you can think of. But did you realize that this team also includes people back here like you, who pray, give, and encourage? If we were each merely just a fiber or just even a string alone, we could never accomplish much. But when by God's hand we're woven together into a team, we accomplish great and beautiful things for his kingdom. And once woven together, we're not easily broken. The weight of Bible translation is carried by all of us, by the entire team. None of the strings can boast that they're carrying more than the other.
6: We have a large, faithful family here. You guys have been faithful to us. Um, When Janice and I decided decided to go on this long journey, many of you um, came behind us, prayed with us, and edged us or pushed us along, and as we went to school, uh, aviation school, um, you guys even helped us get through that, starting, you pledged money monthly to help us get through there, so we could get through debt-free. And from there, many of you have continued to pray with us and support us along the way, and... uh, you guys are an awesome church because you guys are so uh, mission-minded that we just feel uh, blessed to be part of it. Um, let's see. You you have prayed for us um, during times of plenty and prayed for us when we've had hard times and times when we've been discouraged. And even uh, sent us encouraging notes via snail mail or email or text message. And you've even brought, uh, given us special needs when our Water tank busted, and we needed a way to have water. So you guys helped us get a new water tank back in our home fridge. in Papua New Guinea. A
8: fridge.
6: And a fridge. <laughs> um, at our branch conference, we have a conference each uh, every two years in PNG, and one of the national employees, um, a Papua New Guinean, said, "My language is one that doesn't have a word for thank you." And sometimes he says, I wish I could uh, have that word so I could thank God. But then I remember there's no human language, no word that could even thank him enough. Can you imagine not having a word for thank you? We are privileged to have that word, even though it may not be adequate enough. Um... So we just want to say thank you to the Lord for his undescribable mercy and his gift of salvation and his heart to pursue the lost and, that, and his heart to allow us as imperfect people to be involved in that work. But we also want to thank you because you guys have been there from the very beginning. Ever since we decided to go on this journey, you guys have been here. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds us of Philippians 1 when Paul is writing to the church. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel, from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that God, that oh, that who, sorry, began a good work in you will carry it to completion, until the day of Christ. As your advocates, your missionaries—I don't know what you want to call us—but we represent you guys in P&G. So we're there, but you guys are there with us, and we appreciate it. We're honored to be to be that those people for you. Um, We're honored to help get those people God's love letter, um, and you guys are part of that. We know that after seeing and hearing about the information of the Bibleist people, God may be stirring not just about Bible translation, but about pursuing missions or pursuing um, expanding the kingdom for His glory. And we just say There's no neat box that you need to be in. You don't need to know everything like Thad said. No one's perfect, and you're never going to be perfect, but there is always the time that you guys can get involved in in helping God, not helping God, sorry, in working toward the furtherance of His kingdom. And uh, I just encourage you that you may feel like you can't do it, but with God's help, anything is impossible. That song possible. that we sang, huh? anything's possible. Anything's possible. Um, I don't even know what I said, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that song, is said, uh, what is it? Arsal, what is it? He can move mountains. My Ars- Yep. And uh, I get to fly all over the country in Papua New Guinea, and it's really neat because it's such a beautiful place. And There's this place where we go and land, and we'll be on the coast, and see this beautiful ocean, and then I'll turn toward inland and look up, and keep looking up, and keep looking up, and there's mountains, and they grow from sea level all the way up to 13,000 feet in about four miles. They're just massive, and to know that my God built that and placed that right there, but then He can also just take any one of us and use us is pretty amazing. we'll be here. We'll be here for a year on and off. We'll be, we have to go do a lot of traveling, but if you guys have questions or want to meet with us, we'd love to. We also have a table out back um, in the foyer there if you want to pick up some information, and if you have questions, we'd love uh, to answer those and um, point you in the right direction or just do something to help you out. Um, We have something we'd like to present to you, uh, to the church, and if that could come up, where is it? This is just a little bit of a thank you, and we appreciate you guys so much. Um, like I said, we couldn't be in P&G doing what we do without your prayers and your support. Um, This—go so, ahead.
7: So this is a little Belam, like what we talked about, um, and this one is—not s- going to fit that stuff, but um, <laughs> this one is special because it was given to us, placed right on our necks, from the um, Bible dedication that we went to, and so they made these special beelums for all the attendees, and they were just blown away that we would come out and have interest in seeing this. And so this one was made by them, put on our necks, and we just thought it was really special and wanted you guys to have it. Thank you. And then this is just a little um, plaque, a little Papua New Guinea plaque, too. So we say thank you to this church that you guys have... <laughs> You guys have been there since the beginning, and we, lo- we really do love you guys. And we're going to end with a video whenever okay. you are done.
3: Before um, the video, I just want to pray for friend Janice. We do that, and I thank the Lord. You know, um, if you read the book of Acts, it was common that missionaries came back and gave reports, and so um, we know how to pray for them. I, I think the one thing I really appreciate about them is they're just authentic. They're genuine people who love the Lord, who stepped out and said, Lord, We'll go wherever you want. and um, So let's pray for Fran, Janice, and the family. Lord, we just want to thank you so much uh, for how you work. Uh, Lord, you do things through people, and we're able to witness that. And we step back and just are amazed at you and uh, how you work through people. And, uh, Lord, part of that requirement for us is obedience. And so I thank you for the obedience of Fran and Janice. And I continue to pray for them. Lord, we do as a church. We love them, appreciate them. And we just ask, Lord, that um, you would go before them this year as they're out um, having to raise more support and we'll uh, being able to give other reports to other churches and individuals. We just commit them to you in the name of Christ. Amen.
6: Okay. I'm a very visual person, so we have a video, and it kind of shows a little bit of what we do. So I'll, I'll be back up to close this up in a minute.
8: family and we support Bible translation, Radiation, and Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea is only the size of California, but there are over 800 languages. 800 real and special languages that need to know about God's love. With Bible Translators exist to bring God's Word to those still waiting. The most remote communities with God's love. Sometimes we for Bible translation my mom also helps out Something in PNG is fun. There are lots of friends, bugs, and creatures. Jesus Christ in a right relationship with God. For partnering with us through prayer, giving and encouragement. Go to wicklift.org to learn more about Bible translations.
6: Alright, let's pray.
8: Hi, where are the verses fit?
6: Or we could watch it again, I don't mind. All right, Lord, you are good and we thank you for that. We thank you that you love us and you care for us. We thank you that you use imperfect vessels to do your good work. And Lord, we just thank you that you have people who support those people and back people to help do your work. And Lord, uh, thank you for that. Lord, uh, we thank you for this church. Thank you that we can come together and just worship you, and come to learn more about you, and come to do good things in your name, Lord. Lord, we just ask that uh, you just go before this church and build unity in it, and uh, Lord, allow your name to be honored. In your
5: name, we pray. So much, and. Um The song we're going to close with uh, is one of my favorites. Uh, We've done it maybe once before. Uh, But the reason I love it so much is because uh, it says, My soul will live, and it's all because of Jesus. It has nothing to do with me. So you guys listen to the words. i love It's all, because of you, Jesus. It's all, because of your love that my soul will live. And it's all, because of you, Jesus. It's all, because of you. Jesus, it's all because of your (laughs)
4: Today. <laughs> just before we close uh, just want to make an announcement uh, we are uh, we know that we have a, a lot of new families that are coming and many of you have indicated that you want to uh, become a part of our church fellowship and we have a, a new to grace class that we offer in August the 18th and 19th, we're going to give you an option. On Saturday, we're going to have the class from 9 until 2, and we'll also give you lunch. Or, if that's not a good time for you, then Sunday, the 19th, from 2 to 6. It's an hour shorter because we're not going to feed you, (laughs) Uh, although we'll have some snacks and things. But whichever one best fits your schedule. We're trying to accommodate as best we can to busy schedules and all the things that are going on. So if you want to uh, consider a membership uh, in our church, we have a lot of things we want to share with you. We want to get to know you a little better. Uh, we want you to understand who we are and how we do what we do and all of that. Uh, but on the 18th from nine in the morning to two o'clock with uh, a lunch. and. The next day, Sunday, from 2 o'clock in the afternoon until 6 o'clock. So you can eat lunch before you come and go home and eat your supper when we get, when we get finished. But if those two dates uh, suit you and fit your schedule, uh, call the church office if you would. And you'll talk to either Debbie or Connie or Amanda or Glenda. Uh, we have, what, seven or eight secretaries, I think. Huh? But... Uh, uh, and register with them. They'll know what to do and what to tell you, and, and we need to know you're coming so we can be prepared for the, the day that uh, you can come, if you can come. And if those two dates don't fit you, then we're still working. Maybe we can have a midnight thing from from uh, midnight to, to five. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, and, and then one more, one more thing uh, before I forget, Many people also, are, or I hear people saying, I'd like to be a part of these supper clubs. I hear people are in these supper clubs. Well, uh, we're gonna try to start it up again. And the first thing we need is for you to indicate that you wanna be a part of a supper club. And so we'll have more information next week and there'll be a sign-up sheet telling you how it operates. There'll be four couples in each, each club and you'll eat at each person's home uh, and we're going we're gonna to do it on a, twice, so you'll go through, it'll be, it'll be eight months, and each month you'll rotate to someone's home. The host provides the main dish, the other couples bring uh, the salads and the desserts and the games and all that stuff. But we'll tell you more about it. But if you're interested in being a part of a supper club, then we're going to have them available to you uh, in just a short time. It's been a good day. And uh, it's almost like, like a missions conference day. We've got so many missionaries here, and we, we'd like to get to know more and more of you. We're glad that uh, you're, you're here to visit, and we, we do pray for all of you. And uh, we know that we have people that uh, we're supporting in fi- financially and prayerfully that are literally all over the world. And uh, it's just a a humbling thing to know that we can be a part of what God is doing to build his church, not just on Deerfoot Parkway, but all over the world. Uh, As we close, um, let's just give thanks for what the Lord has allowed us to enjoy this morning. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for today. It's been a a wonderful time uh, to gather. And as we have gathered today, we... Thank you for all the new faces and also for the visiting missionaries who've come back. Uh, And we just pray for each one of them. We just uh, ask that you continue to supply uh, their needs, not just financially, but all their needs. And enable them to do what you have called them to do, to sow the seed that ultimately brings the harvest. Uh, Thank you for everyone who's a part of Grace Community Church at, at Deerfoot. Um, For a church to function, it takes people willing to serve. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, we are a serving church. We're blessed with so many who have a servant's heart. Thank you for yesterday uh, as the culmination of that yard sale and to think that all of our junk provided uh, $8,000 plus that will be used uh, with our young people. Uh, we thank you for all the people who were a part of that. And we just give thanks. And as we're dismissed, we pray in the name of our son, Jesus, your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we are dismissed.